What's up, everybody? It's the Power Rankings Podcast, a.k.a. the Power Rankings Show. I am your host, Elliot Harrison, and I am pleased to be joined on this Thursday night post with at Marcus underscore Mosher. I, I said that like Neil Diamond. With at Marcus underscore. All right. How you doing? Oh, I'm football bummed out again. My Chargers lost. You know, just nothing's going right for me, Elliot. That's that's all. We're, that's all it is. I have to admit, I thought you would be a little bummed out about something else. Um, I am. We'll get to it in a second. I thought you would be bummed out more that I thought you might have gambled on this game and you no. missed the because you had the Chiefs to cover. No, and it was looking really dicey. I don't remember who. What was Kansas City by four and a half? It, it ended half? up being Kansas City by four and a half. No, I'm. Were you watching that at the end of the game, wondering like, man, because no, I, I, I didn't care too much. I, I didn't bet yeah. on this game. Um, we got some things to talk about. So, do we want to talk about the game first, the broadcast? Uh, well, let's get let's get to the game first. I okay. do want to say that um, Marcus and I both picked Kansas City to win outright in this game. I picked the Chargers to cover in that one, so I got kind of lucky there. Uh, yeah. I guess at the end, you could say, well, I guess not, because the pick six was kind of lucky. You weren't expecting that. The Chargers were in control, but uh, just to say, if you missed our picks, we did them yesterday. We've been doing them on Wednesday, what, I guess, afternoon, Eastern yep. time, and so if you want your picks a little bit early, uh, you can listen to them Wednesday night, but we picked this game, so we're off to a 1-0 start for the week. Uh, let's talk about the game. I already alluded to one thing. The Chargers were in control, and that all changed about midway through the third quarter. Yeah, there was a um, the Chargers driving the ball down the field, and they had a really nice play to Gerald Everett. Um, they were trying to use some tempo, hurrying up. Uh, Gerald Everett asked to come out of the game, and because they were in hurry up, he couldn't, and he ran a really sloppy route, which he was gassed in. And Herbert threw a ball to the inside and just picked off and take him back for a touchdown. That was basically the game, Elliot. Like the Chargers had a chance to tie it back up, but it was just a, a huge momentum swing where the Chargers are potentially going up seven points, but one throw and now they're down by seven points. You in the mood for some news and nuggets that I noticed from this game? Just a couple sure. mental notes. Uh, one, when Chris Jones plays inside and he's motivated, he's as good as anybody in the game, including Aaron Donald. Six pressures inside in this game. Yeah, uh, and I think almost all of them came from about mid-third quarter on. Yep. I noticed Carl Loftus. That was a guy that you circled in our podcast, a rookie to watch, mm -hmm. a young player to watch, and uh, made a big play for them, uh, pressure in the fourth quarter. Um, I thought the Chiefs should have used Edward Solaire a little bit more. They seemed to be constantly going out of the gun, throwing the ball, throwing the ball, and he was pretty effective in the uh, – uh, second half, something else came up. Another, sorry, I'm just going rapid fire. No, go here. Something that you've mentioned before, you really wondered how Juju Smith Schuster and Travis Kelsey were going to work together in the middle of the field and would they cannibalize each other a little bit? And I think we saw a little bit of that tonight, um, where Mahomes kept trying to look outside. And quite frankly, in the first half, uh, early th third quarter, they weren't really getting those chunk plays. Um, and so that's why I was wondering, why not use your your uh, primary running back a little bit more? I also thought it, the Chargers offensive line, man, this is going to be a problem for them in division games against the Broncos. Well, the I would Raiders. say this, that 
they had some bad luck in this game because Corey Lindsay got hurt in the second quarter. They're all pro center. And then they also last lost Trey Pipkins, their right tackle. So when you lose two starters in a mid game on the road against a really good pass rush, Seth you're not prepared. Not, no, I, I don't think they're going to be as bad as Fair they point. look tonight. Fair point. Yeah. There's a big difference between losing a guy three days before a game and losing a guy in game uh, because you can have some guys get reps if nothing else than just mental reps. Yeah. You know, when a guy knows that he's going to be playing um, because the the problem with Thursday is everything's truncated. So your practices, your whole schedule is screwed up. That's why coaches don't really love the Thursday night games. NFL owners do because they make lots of money. But if a guy knows that he's playing on Monday morning, he can go through the protections. He can talk to his offensive line coach. He can talk to his veteran center. Well, guess what? You lost your veteran center. Uh, do you, uh, like, do you think Trey Pipkins got to watch any George Karloffitis this week? Yeah, right, right. Uh, no, it, it, it's a good point. So I really wondered about Kansas City's passing game, given what you had had talked about. Um, you know, I got to tell you, just as a aside, I love this matchup. I just love Chargers at Chiefs. The the uni matchup, the AFL history, the fact that both teams are good. You've talked about we need young quarterbacks in the league to kind of take over the mantle mm-hmm. of the Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Hey, this is it. Yeah, this is I, it. I mean, this is it. Now, I know Josh Allen's part hey, of that equation, but. It's those three, right? Those three in that conference. Well, in Burrow and, and, and Lamar. Jeez. It's it's yeah, really AFC's those five so quarterbacks, stacked. right? Yeah, AFC so stacked, you yeah. know. Um Anyway, th- those are a couple things that jumped out to me uh, right off the bat. Asante uh, Samuel uh, Jr. played a great game. He made some really big plays for them, I thought. Uh, I know they lost. Y- you look like you're rolling your eyes. No, he's probably the reason why I'm so bummed out about this game is because if he just catches that interception cleanly, okay. I think we have a whole different game because on – on that one drive where, in fact, I think he still caught it. I think it was an interception. I don't know how in the world that I got overturned. But on that drive, um, Mahomes hit Justin Watson on like a 45-yard touchdown. Really flipped the game. If the Chargers are taking the ball over inside of Kansas City's 30-yard line, they're probably winning that game. You know, if you want to simplify the NFL rules, just say if the ball touches the ground, no matter what, it's an incompletion. But that's not the way it is. They've they've no, made no. it to where it's the player controlling the ball. This is where having played sports matters. If you've ever played football on any level, whether it's junior high, I don't care. You don't need to have played in the NFL. You know when you've caught a ball. And sometimes when you control and catch a ball, it touches the ground. But you have control of the ball. Just because the ball yep. drags on the ground a little bit doesn't mean that you didn't catch it. Yep. Um, I think it's rare that an athlete doesn't know whether or not they caught the ball or not. And usually you can tell by their behavior as soon as they catch it if they did yes. or not. If there's that that little slight hesitancy, you know, yeah, I didn't catch the ball. Yeah. Kind of like whenever a defensive back like Adderley puts his hands out like I didn't do anything, you know he held like crazy. And that was a hold. That was a hold. I think I think the Chargers got the short end of the stick on a couple different defensive pass interference. There's one where their their defensive back got thrown out of the way, the Chargers intercepted it, and it still got called defensive holding. I I don't get it. Um I got two two quick points here. Can I yeah. get through them? Yeah. Um no. Yes, no. 
I, I praised Braden Staley a lot for his aggressiveness last year, right? Oh, I thought boy. it was cutting Here edge. Go. What Cut happened to his cojones? Like, where did they go this offseason? I knew you were going to say Let me guess. Was it the fourth and two at about the well, 35? Well, yeah, let's go through the little list I have right oh, here. Are you no. ready? Oh. Uh, fourth and two from Kansas City's 47-yard line punt. Fourth and two from Kansas, City, from Kansas City's 48-yard line punt. Fourth and two from Kansas City's 13-yard line Field goal, fourth and two from the Chargers' 45-yard line punt. What are we doing here, Staley? You're not Matt Rule. You're not Joe Judge. You're somebody that's actually innovative and smart. Why are we punting the ball inside of Kansas City's territory uh, at the 47 and 48-yard line when you have a freaking cyborg as your quarterback? I don't get it. I One guess, one guess is that the Chargers' defense was doing a heck of a job in this game, and maybe he felt – I'd rather put them in long distances than to give them. I know what you're going to say. Hey, if you're con- this, this is an age old argument. If you're confident in the way your defense is playing, why not go for it? Yeah. And if you get stopped, be confident that your, your defense can stop them. And I'll tell you why. And I side with him, at least on a couple of these, not all of them, a couple of them is because when you get stopped on a fourth down on the road, even though it's really not that big a deal, that big a deal, it gets the crowd fired up. They're like, hey, fourth down stop. Now the Chiefs offense has the crowd behind them. They feel like they've got a little momentum, and they only have, say, 55 yards to drive instead of 90 yards to drive. When your defense is playing well, you don't want to give the team any of that momentum. I can understand. Now, if you're at home, I don't know at home you make those same decisions. It just feels like Brandon Staley because he got bullied all offseason. Oh, of no, I know. Done. Come on. I'm just – oh, he's coaching now like he's living in his fears a little bit. And I, I don't want that, right? I want him to be aggressive. I, if I'm a, a coach going up against a bad opposing quarterback, that's when I feel good about trying to pin them inside the 10-yard line because that could be really difficult. I don't think it phases somebody like Patrick Mahomes. Do you think Patrick Mahomes really cares if he's on the twelve yard line or the twenty yard line? Like he's just going to be aggressive and he's going to he's going to make plays. I would rather if I got a chance to go put points up on the board and get a double digit point lead. Like that's what I want to do, especially if I'm past the fifty yard line. The problem is if you don't get it and you give Mahomes a short field and he gets momentum, starts making wild plays, you lose. You have to admit one thing here. Uh, absent that pick six, we're probably not having this discussion. I mean, truly. No, I think we still would because I think there was a chance that the Chargers could have blown this game out in the first half. And it ended up being, what was it, 10 to 7 at halftime? Yeah. And I was telling the people that I was watching with this game, I said, the Chargers have to feel sick that they're only up by three points considering how well they played in the first half. Listen, I already promote Landon's work it wasn't Landon. quite a bit. I don't want – I don't care about your brie-eating elites uh, that you do the Oscar pool with. I don't really care, you know, the guys that have the sunless tanner and Botox that you hang sure, out with. Sure, I don't – you know, I, I care about what Uncle Scott thinks because he's a good, hard-working American. Yeah, he wasn't with me tonight, but um, I, I don't know. It's it I know. With Pate, me. it's really tough yeah. to watch. Uh, the guy's not going for it on fourth and two. The other thing is – you don't like Brandon Staley. You think Dean Pease is an old codger. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm I just, you know, that, yes, I've heard your 
your thoughts on these things. I'm going to be a company man here for a second. Are you ready? Yeah. Games like tonight are why pro football focus matters and why we need pro football focus. Because you look at the box scores, right? Uh, Justin Herbert, pass rating of 100.5. Patrick Mahomes, pass rating of 106.2. Two touchdowns for Mahomes, three touchdowns for Herbert in the interception. You look at that game and you would say, oh, these quarterbacks were pretty similar. In fact, Patrick Mahomes was slightly better. There was no world in which Patrick Mahomes was better than Justin Herbert in this game. He wasn't. How many interceptions did the Chargers drop that Patrick Mahomes basically threw right to him? I I counted at least four, right? And if guys just don't double clutch or, you know, double catch the interception, if they don't get some kind of ticky-tack holding calls on the back end that negate some interceptions, this could have easily been a game where Patrick Mahomes has three interceptions, but it didn't happen. So we need sites like pro football focus to help put some of these box scores into context. You know, I'm going to message uh, Chris Collinsworth on Twitter tonight and say, listen, your newest writer uh, really made a great point of why we need PFF. Cause I know there's a lot of people out there claiming we don't need PFF. It's doing terribly. Chris yes. must be really worried about his equity in the company. <laughs> Uh, hey, I'm what I think really what you're referring to is something that I refer to a lot. Uh, if you're going to go on a rant like that, then I'll have a mini rant. Go ahead. What, you're, what you're really talking about is context, right? That's what you're talking about. Yeah, that's what I said at the end. We need some context for the yeah. box course. Okay. All right. So when you're showing a graphic with Sid Luckman and Lynn Dawson and showing how Patrick Mahomes has more touchdown passes than the guy that played in the freaking 1940s. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I thought of you when I saw that graphic. Oh, Elliot's gonna have. I mean, are you? Are we? Are we? To quote the great Marcus Mosher, "What are we doing, guys?" Did you like the one about touchdown passes between him and Roger Staubach? No, I didn't. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't even see you now. I did something stupid. That's, that's why I don't like Chrome. Uh, you make me use Chrome. There that's fine. Uh, but no, that's that's the only takeaway. I'm a little bummed out that the Chargers didn't win this game because I, I really, really want the Chargers to be to establish themselves as AFC elites. And I think you watch this game like these two teams are equal. I mean, for sure, right? Yeah. Like they're they're. I think the Chargers' talent level is a little better. I think they play just a little bit sloppier in the second half. But overall, I, is there any doubt that these are two playoff teams this year? No, you know what I want you to think about your life uh any thoughts on the defenses both squads uh no i i i don't think it's fair to overreact too much to a thursday game in week two plus both defenses are they've got some guys missing trent mcduffie didn't play for the chiefs jc jackson just coming back from an injury i thought they played well but i fully expect both defenses to get better as the season goes along Hey, while we're uh, since we like to compare quarterbacks to guys that played in the 1940s and compare their numbers, what would you consider a very an outstanding yards per attempt? An outstanding eight? anything over eight? Yeah, just just you know spitballing here. Sid Luckman, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years out of twelve, Marcus, eight yards per attempt or more. How about that? 
Think anybody today can match that? Let me answer that. No. Career yards per attempt. Career. Like this is average. 8.4. And also one year. 10.9 with an 11.0 adjusted yards per attempt. Yards per completion that year. 19.9. Yeah, but his completion percentage is pretty low. So. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hey, yards per attempt. That's why we like that stat. It does consider completion. It, it percentage. does. That's why I care yeah. about it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, a couple defensive thoughts from me here besides Chris Jones, Joey Bosa, man. Uh, oh, gosh. Boy. And Cleo Mack. Those guys, I mean, those guys dominated this game. Yeah. They could have drawn probably four more holding penalties than what they got, but those guys were awesome. Derwin James made some plays. Uh, gosh, when he, he, don't you feel like he's always just about to make a big play? I, I always feel like Derman J- James is always like at any time he could jump a route in, in or pickpocket your tight end. Uh, I got a hot take about Derman James. Okay. If you ask me to take any one defensive back for one game, mm-hmm. knowing that they're going to be able to play 60 snaps and stay healthy, I think I take Derwin over yeah. anybody else in the league. He's got, he's got the athleticism. He's kind of got Jalen Ramsey's moxie. He's got Harrison Smith, kind of prime Harrison Smith, just range and nowhere to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, he's just got it all. Um, I'm trying to think of guys in the last 10 or 12 years that I thought were close to making big. There was a time when Earl Thomas for Seattle in his prime where I thought he was always close to making an impact play. This guy's special, man. I, I, to me, he's Eric Berry 2.0. I was just going to say Eric Berry in his prime yeah, too. Yeah. That's a, that's a great pull. Um, yeah, but Bosa was great. I, I said, Samuel made some plays. James made plays. Khalil Mack, Chris Jones really made the most plays for Kansas city. Carl Loftus had to play late in the game. It wasn't like he was a force in this yeah. game. Um, Kansas city secondary held the fort though. I thought by and large the big play, which by the way, you're not going to see a better NFL throw. Then Herbert made hurt down the down. Uh, that was a deep post to was it to uh, Josh, Josh Palmer? Palmer? It's why I love him so much, right? Like, oh my god, how many other quarterbacks in the league are able to make that throw with busted ribs and stuff? It's, we hey, we should also mention. I kind of think the Chargers should have won this game even without Keenan Allen. Like, if they get a healthy Keenan Allen back in the middle of the field, they're going to be really hard to stop. I'll be honest. I didn't think they should have had him Herbert out there. I thought no. I thought, I, I said take him out before that drive. I I I think I even tweeted take him out. What's the benefit of playing him? Guy is ridiculous, man. You've got a veteran backup quarterback. Let him go run the offense. He knows what to do. Um, I'm referring to Chase Daniel. You know what that injury reminded me of. You remember in 2006 when Chris Sims ruptured his spleen against like Carolina? Yes. That's what it looked like to me. No, any, do you remember? And then he kind of tried to play and then he collapsed. I, when he first got hit, I thought he just got the wind knocked out of him. Mm -hmm. But when he was trying to throw the football on the sideline and he was like wincing in pain, that's what I knew or I figured something was going on. I, I, I was shocked that they put him back out there. Seriously. I could tell way before that. I could tell the way he was standing on the sideline. I could tell he started throwing a couple of warm up throws. And the he first do it. warm up, yeah. I mean, he couldn't even. He, where that is is 
where he was holding was kind of what your serratus uh, region up around your rib cage, upper body. You have to contort that every that's, it was his left side. You're a right-handed thrower. As you pull your hips out and you turn to throw the torque that, that goes through that region of your body pulls on it. That's probably what was hurting him as much as anything. Um, I, I just, yeah, I, I, I thought they would bring Chase Daniel in. And then, of course, I got proven wrong when he made, honestly, if you said right now that would be one of the top five throws of the season, I would put my money on that. I agree. I didn't see a better throw in week one. Did you? Nope. nope. It's the best throw I've seen so far this year. Yep. Unbelievable, especially given the situation. Um, by the way, a lot of people are high on Palmer with Allen out. I know a little bit of a fantasy darling, I guess, uh, this week. Are you as high on him as other young players in this game? Uh, I actually was more impressed with Gerald Everett uh, outside of the play at the end zone, right? Because I think he was just gassed at that point because they went to him like three times in a row. The tight end position for the Chargers the last couple of years has been, you want to say, inconsistent? Yeah, yeah. Um, and Everett's going to be inconsistent, but he's just a perfect fit. Somebody that can run all the bootleg stuff and we can make plays after the catch. I'm really excited to see what he looks like on this offense, like in week 10, week 11, once once he gets a little bit more acclimated. But yeah, I think Palmer and DeAndre Carter, and I think we'll see Jalen Guyton eventually. It's, it's a fun offense. I just want to say one more thing about this, the history note graphic they put up, because they also talked about Lynn Dawson and that he passed away. Look, I understand that the networks don't want, they don't, nobody seems to care if somebody knows history. I worked at a network where I did all the history stuff. This is the problem. This is the difference between baseball and the NFL. NFL is better than Major League Baseball, but at least with Major League Baseball, you have color analysts that actually know who Ted Williams was and what a good batting average was. Yeah. The idea that we don't even know, like, why can't Kirk Herbstreet, who I thought did a nice job, step in and say, yeah, look, I know he's got more touchdown passes than Roger Staubach. But the reason they don't do that is because they they set up the production staff, sets up these graphics to make everything look cool with no understanding of what they mean. And comparing Roger Staubach's numbers from the 70s to Patrick Mahomes now just drives me crazy. Okay, rant done. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the broadcast really quickly. <laughs> okay, just waited patiently. Yeah, we're good. Let's talk about the broadcast before uh, we, we go. So first and foremost, did you have a hard time getting to Amazon Prime and getting it all set up? I did. So you I didn't did. have Amazon Prime. I told Marcus I didn't have it. Here's the problem I had. Uh, because this is important. I know some people are being like, dude, why were you talking about this? Because as Marcus has pointed out, and I think correctly, people in rural areas do not have, they know what Amazon Prime is, but they don't have a high speed enough internet and i'll tell you a story uh, really quickly just to, to, to fill that in um <laughs> i was joking around with somebody today i said how many how many grandsons do you think are going to call by their grandparents today and wondering where the game is at like at 8 p.m eastern time right uh, right so that actually happened to me my grandmother who is in her late 80s called me wanting to know what time the game is on and where i can find it went to their house or her house got there she has a TV that doesn't even – it's not even a smart TV, so she can't watch – she doesn't even have the ability to download Amazon Prime on her TV. I think that's a foregone conclusion that some people had that, hey, everybody has smart TVs now. Everybody's no. streaming. It's not the case. So um, had to 
go to Walmart, buy a little fire stick to plug into the TV, to, to download Amazon prime, to set it up with a prime account. I know it's, it, I know most people listening to this podcast don't think it's a big deal, but I'm telling you for a lot of people over the age of 45, 50, I bet you they didn't get to watch the game tonight because they just had no idea. That's right. And Look, if you notice Marcus's virtue signaling that he's a great grandson uh, right there. No, I'm not. I, I'm just, I it's a point. It, it was just a point <laughs> I was making. It's true. No, it's wonderful that you did that. It's what you should do. Um, your grandparents did a lot for you that you don't remember. So I'm uh, I'm all for that. Uh, my grandmother is actually the reason why I love football, probably a big part of it. So um, I think that's great. In, in terms of my situation, I don't have Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. So I went on and did the free trial on my computer. Simple, Simon. I was working on my homework anyway, so I just put the game on in a box uh, early on in a, you know, in an internet window on my screen. But when I went to my smart TV, I thought when I downloaded the Amazon video app mm-hmm. that it would ask me to sign into my Amazon account. That's what most apps would do. They would say, right. hey, do you have HBO if you're doing like HBO Max? Amazon doesn't do that. It just says, do you want to get it? And I was hesitant to do that because I was like, if I sign up for it here using like my Apple ID Mm -hmm. and I signed up for it on my computer using my Amazon ID, is it going to think I have two Amazon Prime accounts and charge me for both? Yes. That's a concern. I don't think it will because I use the same email address for both and you should recognize that. But Hey, that's a concern too, because isn't it like fourteen ninety nine a month? Yeah, I think it's a lot up of to people 100... can't afford two charges of sure. fourteen ninety nine a month. And I think it's one hundred and twenty dollars for the year. So if you're trying to cut costs or whatever, that's a lot of money to just be able to watch a football game. On top of if you're paying for Sunday ticket, which is three hundred and seventy dollars plus your regular cable bill or whatever, it's a it's a lot of money. But as for the broadcast like itself, did you have? Any problems with like the quality? Did did you think it sounded okay? Um, <laughs> uh, I'm being a little careful. I am I am monitoring myself right now. Um, I I think it was a viable broadcast. Well, I, I hold on. Let, let me let me let me rephrase that. Mm-hmm. The picture itself, like the quality of the stream. Like, was it what you would see on a normal if you were watching it on direct TV or you're watching at a sports bar? Is that the was the picture quality comparable to that? I didn't notice any difference. Neither did I. In fact, I actually think it was a little bit better because it seems like they're starting to stream these in 4K. And I was shocked by that. That's that's why I asked. I was thinking more of some of the choices they made for populating the the overall production. Okay, Uh, that's that's different. For me, I was nervous about, hey, is the stream going to be laggy? Is it going to be buffering? Is it going to look like I'm watching it in lower quality? And for me, honestly, the the answer was no, but I'd love to hear what other people think because I'm sure across America, there was a lot of people that probably struggled with that. Yeah, uh, and you know what I think of how the production is populated is really a non sequitur. It doesn't matter what I think. It matters what executives think, but I would – I would say that one thing I like, whether it's Amazon, I think Fox is really the one that made the first move to this, is going less graphic. 
Um, mm-hmm. More do you field, remember right? watching? Yeah, I mean, ten years ago, I used to say all the time, I was at well, I was at the NFL, but even going back fifteen years ago, when I was at Fox Sports, I would say, why do we really need to know that Arian Foster has two carries for minus one yards on a scroll on the bottom? Like, fine, if you want to show us a ten minute update, fine, but I want less. Update. You, you don't want the bottom ticker at all times, what you're saying. No, and I don't want the entire bottom third of the screen taken up. When Fox, I know I don't remember if they did it before this, but the first game I remember that Fox went to the center lower third box with mm-hmm. the score was the Super Bowl between the 49ers and Chiefs. And I thought it looked great. And I will it, say I do like I do like it now, like when like Sonny Michelle gets a carry, it'll pop up really quickly how many carries and yards he has, and it pops fine. back real fast. But, yeah, then get it off. But it's fast. It it just it's like with ten seconds and then it's gone. You know, um, I just I like the trend to go less graphic and show more of the field. And ultimately, in a game like this, by the way, this was a great game for them to kick off Amazon. Whether we love that Amazon has the rights to the games or not, this is a great game to do it. It's just a great atmosphere. I love the UD matchup. These are longtime AFC West rivals. These are two original AFL teams. They came into the league in 1960. It's just a great AFC matchup. And it was yeah. a good game. Like we we yeah. talked about this a lot last year. Like the typically the Thursday night games have not been of great quality, right? Usually they're blowouts. Usually they're not well played. This one had mistakes, but I thought for the most part it was a very entertaining game. Yeah, and I thought it was great that both offenses scored more points than Sid Luckman's Bears in the 40s did because that really that's, I, how listen, efficient football, they are. As I told you for, forever, Elliot, football yeah. is better now than it was back then. <laughs> After World War II? Yeah. <laughs> well, great. it's great. more of like the 80s, but it's fine. You know, I did something kind of funny. I, uh, my doctor for the um, running problem I had last week where I kept going outside for jocks. <laughs> He's a cowboy jog. Yeah, I, I, I brought him a copy of the 92 NFC Championship game to watch at home. And uh, he was pretty pleased about that. Just as a good, great, an aside. <laughs> I thought you'd enjoy that. Uh, yeah, so those are pretty much my thoughts on the game. I think the Chargers are going to be right there. I still have them as my Super Bowl team. Uh, I have them beating the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Of course, we'll see if the 49ers uh, will. Come back. We we had Kansas City second in our power rankings. If you didn't check that podcast out, we've been trying to do that earlier. We may start doing that late Monday night, if not super early Tuesday morning. So that'll be up when you're driving to work if you want our rankings. Um, but that's all I had on this game. Uh, as always, I give you the final thought, unless you want to pull a football card, which I'm all. Yeah, let's pull a football card because I'm okay. out of thoughts right now. Okay. I've spent. Are we going back to the 1991 action pack? I, 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 you seem to love that. Set. I do. I'm, I'm I do. fine with doing whatever you want. We're gonna. This will be the last one that we pulled. The last rookie card from the 1991 action pack. All right, you ready? Is this the rookie set, or is this yeah. the regular set? No, this is the rookie set only. Okay, here we go. Okay, hold on, you can probably see it right there. Yeah. All right, here we go. Don't tell last me who one. it is. Don't tell me who it is. I want to see if I can do it just by the jersey. Ooh, is that 41 for Miami? 51. 51 for Miami and 91. Oh, I don't think I'm going to get It's hard to get some of these rookies from 91 because some of them didn't make it. So who was number 51? Is this somebody I should know? 
It is. It's Brian um, Cox, isn't it? It is Brian Cox. Okay. Uh, I just realized, because I thought Brian Cox came out in 89 or 90, and I was like, you know yeah, what? I'll say it again. Yeah, that's definitely Brian Cox. Brian Cox always had the big neck guard mm-hmm. and uh, later played for Parcells with the Jets. I think he played for the Patriots, too. Yeah. Do you remember Brian Cox at all? Of course. Yes. Yeah. I think Brian Cox, when he was with Miami, part of what got him out of Miami is he uh, he told Buffalo fans as he was walking into the tunnel at then Rich Stadium that they were number one with both hands. But not with your index finger. <laughs> yeah. Uh his son, Brian Cox Jr., played in the NFL just a couple years ago. He was with the uh, the Colts and the Bills and the Browns for a while. Well, you know, and th- there's been a lot of guys lately. I mean, we were just talking about Asante Samuel, and you're talking about the dropped interception. A lot of people point to the Giants-Patriots Super Bowl. Asante Samuel Sr., didn't he have a ball right in his hands from Eli Manning? Yep. I think in the third quarter of that game. That uh, probably may have been fourth quarter that would have changed things. All right, what are we looking up here? I can tell you're you're going to Pro Football Focus. I feel it. <laughs> no, I was going to Pro Football. Reference. I mean, Pro Football Reference. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, I was going to just try to find like some obscure defensive lineman from the 40s to see how his sack numbers would compare to Brian Cox. But oh my gosh, it's so disappointing. It it just is. Yeah, it's all right. You know what I wanted to do when they showed the Roger Staubach graphic? I go, you know, how about we just run this Roger Staubach graphic? 85 and 29 as a starter. How about that one? Good luck. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I know. Marcus, the Cowboy fan that could care less about Roger Staubach. So. Uh, Cowboy fan seems nice right now. Yeah. And uh, Roger Staubach, you know whose hero Roger Staubach was? Because he's a, such a stand-up guy. Uh, Roger, great guy, great guy. It was Brett Favre, and Brett Favre truly emulated that example. <clears throat> okay, well, uh, <laughs> I'm still mad about that story. It's fine, it's whatever. I just hope it's not true. Uh, is, that, is that it? Are we done? Uh, Are we done here? Uh, I feel like yeah, do you know Brian thought. Cox has more tackles, career tackles, than Jack Butler, who played for the Steelers like in the 50s and 60s? Yeah, Jack Butler... Hall of Fame safety. How many interceptions did Jack Butler have? I want yeah, to 50, 52, but just not the tackle numbers of a Brian Cox. Hold on. How many years did Jack Butler play that he had 52? Only like eight or nine, right? Uh, nine years. Yeah, had to have 52 interceptions in nine years. That guy, Marcus, waited until he was like 80 years old to get inducted in the Hall of Fame. I think he got enshrined in like, I don't know, 20 14 does that sound right i don't know if it says there on his page what year 2013 uh, jack butler on. yeah I'd, I'd have to look but he was already almost 80 years old when he got enshrined it was uh crazy that a guy would wait that long but there you go you see There's no Rasheed mathis though don't worry yeah <laughs> hey he was a good jaguar he was a great jaguar or as you would say jaguar jaguar yeah. All right. Uh, I'm, we're at, look, we're yeah, gone. we're good. Okay. I'm tired. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed the Thursday night game. Again, if you wanted to hear our picks, we did that on our last podcast. So check that out on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we're one and oh, Marcus is very, very happy about that because he started on one last week. And uh, you can always catch his great picks of the Cowboys on the Locked on Cowboys podcast. We're 
quite honestly, he's probably already checked out. Uh, he covers the Raiders for USA Today. Check him out there. He's at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. I am at Harrison NFL on Twitter, and we will talk to you guys maybe Monday night. So y'all take care, everybody.